Hello friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministry, and we're getting ready to have Church on the Road. Hey, we're bringing a church to you right where you're at, in the cab. And we do it in a lot of different ways. We have a radio program, LonesomeRoadRadio.com. We have podcasts. We have CD ministry. We also have a telephone conference line. So log on to LonesomeRoad.org for our podcast and to order some of our CDs. And if you'd like to listen in on our conference line, we get together every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Mountain Time, and 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Just dial this number, 727-731-5062. So buckle up and come right along with us. We're going to have church on the road. And that's a song that uh, Dennis McKay helped me do down there at his studio, 115A, down in Columbus, Mississippi. Uh, Dennis is a very talented guy, and 
a partner with us here at Lonesome Road Ministry. And I'm so excited. If you hear something you want to hear again, give Gary a call at Lonesome Road Ministry, 618-383-2107. That's 618-383-2107. Call today. Okay, well, we look forward to hearing from you, and we're going to have Church on the Road right here on your favorite radio station. He's my rock and my sword, my shield. He's a wheel in the middle of the wheel. Can I get a witness? Tell me, can I get a witness? He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. Can I get a witness? question. Can I get a witness? And Richie Turnbow is our speaker tonight, and he's got an awesome message, and he's going to be talking about walking in the Spirit and being that witness everywhere you go. So here's Chaplain Richie Turnbow. 
I don't know if you guys was up there in Illinois during the conference. I don't know how you've actually made it, uh, but it was a wonderful time. Some of you I've known from the past, but it was good to see those new faces and uh, and just shake your hand. We had a great time up there, and uh, there was some great music, uh, great time of fellowship. The food was amazing. I don't remember who all cooked that, but that was an amazing uh, meal that we had. And, uh, and the Lord blessed me, allowed me to speak a message to you guys, and uh, I was honored by that. So we, we just had a good time with you guys in fellowship and uh, look forward to that again. Um, as I was saying earlier, I'm going to be brief tonight uh, for obvious reasons, but there are some things on my mind. Uh, I've noticed the, the latest stats here of the, of the church and God's people, and I've been looking and I've seen a quote where since 1973, the church has declined by 73% since 1973. So in other words, we're not gaining people. We're literally losing people. And there's a reason for that. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to refer to the ones who uh, uh, just go to church on Easter and Christmas, but the ones that are quote-unquote born-again believers tend regularly, pray regularly, uh, did you know the latest stat is that 95% of them have never led anyone to the Lord? 95%. That is where we're at. And so many people are falling away. So I want to talk to you tonight uh, in short order. I have a couple points. I've always heard, been taught that the very last things you speak about is the ones that people remember. So the last words I speak to you tonight are the two points that I want to get across to you tonight and I want to let it burn deep into your memory, burn deep into your hearts. If you've got to write it down, write it down. I promise you these two key points will help you in your walk with the Lord. I do not have a title for this message tonight, so I'm just going to start with by reading some scripture to you, very familiar, in Ephesians chapter 6. So let's be in reference for the reading of the word. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness, wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, Having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and, sh and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God." Now, these verses of Scripture are pretty much class 101 in any seminary college. This is the very first thing they want to teach you because a pastor's responsibility is to uh, equip the saints and evangelize the lost. That's what you're there for as a pastor, is to equip the saints and evangelize the lost. And these are the uh, building block frame Scriptures upon that. But chaplains, I love these verses of Scripture because it points to a truth. 
And that truth is that there's only one way to contend against the evil that Satan has brought into this world through sin. And the only those who embrace the lifestyle of walking in the Spirit can effectively do battle and win the victory over all the wiles or the strategies of the devil. So if you want to be victorious, if you want to walk in all that God has for you, if you want to unload the burden you have been carrying, if you want to get rid of the sin that has been condemning you, then learn to walk in the Spirit. This, in fact, in my estimation, is the most spiritual generation that we have seen thus far. And when I say that, I realize that I'm including in that world not just the good spirit of God, but there are evil spirits that people are attracted to. The hearts of men, women, boys, and girls are searching for a greater reality. They are searching for a spiritual fullness. This spiritual generation that we live in, this culture that exists today, is one of great spiritual hunger. If you don't believe that, then just open up a newspaper and you can find a horoscope. Pick up the phone and you can dial a psychic network. Most every little town has a palm reader on some corner. Most every university in the country is willing to promote every other religion instead of Christianity to their students trying to make a spiritual connection. In fact, our own government is accommodating the demands of cults and other religions while denying Christians to speak the name of Jesus. Chaplains, it's a messed up world out there. So it's a paradox to me that we live in one of the most spiritual generations known to man, and yet God's people hesitate to explore the message of walking in the Spirit. It's as though the church is trying to shut the door to the world of the Spirit. The church confines the message of salvation and faith in God to some formula or method that we can work fully in the natural realm, but has no practical application in the spiritual realm. Let me say, chaplains, this is a huge mistake. The results that we achieve through that kind of thinking, the results that we get is, is that it's only a behavioral change. In other words, if we can get people to hang around us long enough, they will start acting like us. Chaplains, that is a poor substitute for a genuine salvation experience that transforms you into a new creation in Christ Jesus, a transformation to receive a personal connection with Jesus Christ, a transformation to receive the Holy Spirit as a companion in your life, a transformation to receive victory over sin and the bondages of death a transformation into the image of Christ and to take on the virtues of our Lord and Savior, a transformation that will give you happiness in this life, a transformation that will give you peace and rest in this troubled world, a transformation to eternal life as the bride of Christ, a new birth experience to know that God will never leave you nor will he ever forsake you. So we wonder why there are fewer and fewer altar calls in the churches today and why pulpits don't preach against sin and promote holiness. It's because the church is responsible, in part, to shutting the door to the world of the Spirit. People are saved now by watching other people in church and trying to act like them. May I tell you, chaplains, tonight, that is what an altar is for. An altar is a place of submission. 
An altar is a place of surrender. An altar is a place of sacrifice. An altar is a place of repentance from dead works to son of the living God. And only when you are willing to sacrifice yourself and come to God just as you are, as one old song says, weary, worn, and sad. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was in sin, away from God, rebelling against God, that is exactly how I felt. Weary, worn, and sad. And I needed an altar to repent, to unload what I was carrying, to take all that the devil was dumping on me and laying it on God's altar of sacrifice, and you're not going to get that unless you confront sin where you are. Till you're willing to confess your sin, then Jesus is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. You see, chaplains, what this sin-sick world needs is more than a, just an experience that is restricted to the natural realm. It must be transformed the spirit of a man to have any eternal value. Now listen, I'm going to tell you something that's really direct. There is no help. I said there is no help for those that refuse to acknowledge the world of the Spirit, must less be led and walked by the Spirit. All they will ever get is a religion. Religion is man's attempt to reach God. Salvation is God's attempt to reach man. And that is much different than the relationship that I'm talking about tonight. Now, Paul explains in Ephesians chapter 6, where we've been reading, that the spirit world is really where the battle for the soul takes place. This natural world, the world around us that's measured by our natural senses, is only a small part of our present reality. The world of the spirit is just as real as this natural world that we live in. In fact, the word spirit is mentioned 505 times in the scriptures. It refers to the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. It refers to the Spirit of man. If you don't think that there's a lot of spirits in this world, just think to the fact that there's 7.3 billion people on this planet, each having a spirit. And then there are the spirits of the devil, Satan, fallen angels, demons, unclean spirits, the spirit of infirmity, the spirit of sickness, evil spirits, the spirit of lust, and the spirit of greed, and the spirit of pride. These are spirits that are working in the unseen world to control and promote disharmony and disunity in the human spirit. Now, in case you're wondering if I'm trying to preach that everybody is somewhat demon-possessed, that is not what I'm saying. All I am saying is that we are engaged in a battle against spiritual forces. And if you want to know what kind of spiritual forces you are battling, then just open God's holy word. You'll see the spirit of heaviness, the spirit of depression, and the spirit of despair that is mentioned. In 2 Timothy 1 and 7, you'll see the spirit of fear, which is torment, trembling, dread, phobias, fear of death, fear of insanity, suicide, nightmares, hypochondria, anxiety, Panic attacks. Well, Pastor Rich, are you trying to say that everyone that has a panic attack has a demon? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that this is the source where evil comes from. Satan will do everything possible to subject you to every evil and foul spirit, to divide you on the inside, and to bring you to a point of disunity. 
And what does God promote? He promotes unity. God wants your spirit whole. There is the spirit of divination found in Deuteronomy 18 and 10 that warns us against horoscopes, hypnotists, palm readers, tarot cards, false religions, rebelliousness, and people that manipulate and hate God. Let me read it to you. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. Then there's the spirit of sexual perversions found in Isaiah 19, which is lust, lesbianism, homosexuality, bisexual, transgender, transvestites, adultery, pornography, prostitution, seductions, child abuse, rape, bestiality. Pastor Richie, you mean all these things are in the Word of God? Read it for yourself. Numbers chapter 5, the spirit of jealousy which is murders, anger, envy, rage, insecurities, distrust, hate, suspicion. Chaplains, where do you think all these attitudes come from? These are unhealthy for the human spirit, and it will drag you down and eventually lead you to the pit. You'll read in the scriptures about selfish and stubborn spirits, controlling spirits, and the Antichrist spirit, which is raging in our country today. People who hate Jesus, the, the name of Jesus, and who hates God. Evils with mandates attacking Christians, being mean and nasty and haughty and arrogant and con artists and phone scammers who worship themselves and only live for more power and wealth. There is the spirit of anger, a destructive spirit that leads to death. The Bible tells us in James chapter 4, a, a spirit from which wars and fighting comes from. It says, ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. Chaplain, all these struggles that is going on in the planet today is caused by demonic powers, things in the spirit realm that manipulate the hearts and lives of everyday people. And let me go ahead and say, if it was not for the blood of Jesus Christ that covers us, we would all stand in subjection and to be reigned upon by these evil spirits. But may I tell you tonight, greater is he that is in me. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And if God be for us, who can be against us? You'll read about unclean spirits, foul spirits, lying spirits, self-righteous spirits, tormenting spirits, the spirit of pride, the spirit of fullness, the spirit of haughtiness, and the spirit of blasphemy. So, chaplains, you can see for yourself by reading Scripture. We need more than what the natural man and his five basic senses can offer us. We must have the ability to operate within the spirit world so we may maintain victory over every evil spirit trying to do us harm in the natural realm that we live in. So in other words, we must take possession of the ground that we stand on. 
Now, Paul shared this truth as he came back from preaching to the Greeks. And you'll see he's writing to the church in Corinth. And he makes a mention of the fact that the Greeks were known for their intellectual achievements. Paul discovered that they were brilliant people, able to solve difficult problems, highly educated. They excelled in the practice of logic. They were able to persuade people with their words and oratory skills. But at the same time, they were spiritually ignorant. They were lost outside the natural world. They didn't even know which God to pray to. So they just prayed to everyone. And, and so they wouldn't miss anyone. They had set up an idol to pray to, which was called the unknown God, just covering all the bases. In other words, just edging their best. And Paul could stand in their arenas. And he could make an impression with his speaking skills. He had all the giftings that the Greeks had. He had all the abilities that they possessed, and yet with all his own natural ability, he could not move them one inch towards the spirit world. So Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and said this, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with the excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you, with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So, chaplains, it's going to take more than an intellectual knowledge to, to accomplish its end-time work that we have in front of us to do. It's time for the church to collect itself and acknowledge the fact that the only way for us to move this world into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ is for us to walk in the Spirit and for us to see a demonstration and a manifestation of old-time power, once again, the power of God in our churches. You see, the church must become a demonstration of the Holy Ghost's power so that the unbeliever and the intellectual alike cannot deny the power of God. The only way for us to demonstrate the power of God is to take command and get control of the spirit environment around us. In other words, to walk in the spirit. Well, the logical question in the minds of people and to you tonight is how do you do that? How do you walk in the spirit? We are confined to an earthly, fleshly body, a natural body, if you please, living in a natural world. So in other words, what we see and taste, what we touch and smell and hear, that's how we identify our surroundings. The natural eye cannot see the world of the Spirit. The natural ear cannot hear what the Spirit has to say. Things that we, 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 that we don't taste or touch, we don't recognize in the Spirit realm. So how do we walk in an arena that our physical bodies are not equipped to go? And I think that is where God's people is right now. We look at that aspect as a limitation, a barrier. And I think we're, we're, we're all aware of what God wants us to do. But the way to get there seems to elude us. We think of this flesh as so confining and unable. And the truth is we're right. There are many limitations to this flesh. But God has given every believer an ability to transcend the limitations of the flesh. 
so that we can literally walk in the spirit world. But just as much as we trust our senses in this natural world, we must trust God's Holy Spirit in us to identify our environment in the spirit. You see, when Gary invited me up there last month to preach, it didn't bother me at all to get on his platform. And I could knew I could walk really close to that platform because I knew the limitations of that stage would hold me up. But I would be bothered to try to step off of that stage and can try to continue to stand on thin air. You see, my logical mind tells me that the force of gravity would quick, quickly take over and I would fall. And just as surely... We need to be able to identify where we are walking in the Spirit. There must be spiritual eyes and spiritual ears and spiritual fingers that we can touch the things of the Spirit. We must be able to expose our inner man so that we can be successful in winning victory after victory and pursuing faith that grows into more faith. And how do we do that? How do I make this transition tonight? Well, from that very same chapter 6 that we took our text from, there are some ingredients and directions and a map there that we can follow. There are two things that I'm going to leave us with tonight in very short order. And this is how you can uh, accomplish that transition. First of all, know where your strength comes from. Listen to what Paul says. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Paul uses that word finally because he's a Pentecostal preacher and he's trying to close it out. He's written beautifully in the first five chapters of the book of Ephesians. And he is now at the ending chapter. He's trying to close He's at the end of his sermon, and like all Pentecostal preachers, when they have another hour to preach, they say they're about to close. And Paul has some wonderful things to say in closing. In fact, some of the most powerful statements he's going to make through the entire book he's about to make in the closing verses of chapter 6. And he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. In other words, chaplain, know where your strength comes from. You see, I thank God for individual disciplines. There are some among us that are more disciplined than others, and I believe God honors discipline, okay? But if that is all we have to work with, if that was the only material we had to build God's kingdom on, if that is the only foundation we have, then we are building on seeking sand. For these natural disciplines cannot build the spiritual house that I'm trying to preach on. We are not strong enough to contend with the wiles of the devil on our own. So the solution to that is acquire your strength in the Lord. When Paul is saying be strong in the Lord, he is saying be secure in what you believe. Be secure in whom you trust. In other words, be confident. Be confident. Chaplains, there is nothing better than a confident Christian. 1 John chapter 3 says this, Beloved, if our hearts condemned us not, then we have confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments. 
and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave his commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. So may I say there is one thing that holds true to the life of every believer. If we have been walking on the issues, if we have been walking on the fringes, in other words, we've been walking that fence line, then we have been living an undisciplined life in the Spirit, walking as close as we can to sin. May I tell you guys, when time uh, comes for us to go to the throne of grace, we go somewhat embarrassed because we have not lived the life that we know we are supposed to live. And then what happens? Our heart condemns us so we cannot have confidence that God will answer our prayers. Chaplains, listen. That is about where God's people is today. What we need tonight is a revival in confidence in God and the only way that we're going to have confidence in God is, is to live, the, live in the, uh, a dedicated and consecrated life so that everything we do we are not ashamed of. And when we finally go to the throne of grace, we have a petition to lay before God. We go with confidence because we have, not, we have been pleasing him by keeping his commandments. And when we ask anything in his name, we are know we're going to receive it. We know we're going to receive it. Now listen, that's confidence in God. You see that phrase, beloved, if our hearts condemn us not. Let remind you what Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So chaplains, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It's not in the power of our skills or our gifts, or our abilities, or our visions, but the power of his might. I've never seen a devil or disease he couldn't cast out. Let me remind you guys tonight that when Jesus walked this earth, every sickness, every disease, every infirmity, every evil spirit had to bow at his might. Even death had to surrender to his will. He's never been backed in a corner. The devil never got the best of him. When Jesus walked in the Spirit, every cancer, every deaf ear, every blind eye, every lame foot, every crazed mind had to bow its knee and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Ephesians 3 says, Now to him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power which worketh in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Number two, and I want you to take this home with you tonight. Prepare for the fight. These demonic forces and the evil that travels in the spirit world do not give up ground easily. And if they lose ground, they will eventually try to get it back. If you remember when Jesus faced Satan himself in the wilderness, after a series of temptations, the, the angels came back and ministered to him. And the Bible says that Satan left him for a season. But it was only for a period of time, and he did what? He came back. And he worked through the lives of individuals throughout the New Testament trying to destroy our Savior because he knew Jesus was headed to the cross. And if Jesus ever made it to the cross... 
faith in you that that's where he would be defeated. So prepare for the fight. In Ephesians chapter 6, there are some ingredients in that passage that will help you prepare for your fight. Stand therefore, having your loins gird about with truth, having the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Guys, know where your strength comes from. Prepare for the fight. Armor up as you walk in the Spirit. When we, let, let me give you a quick breakdown before I pray. Wearing the armor of God. Number one, buckle the belt of truth around your waist. Cover your heart with the breastplate of righteousness. Protect your feet with the shoes of the gospel of peace. Use the shield of faith to protect yourself from spiritual attacks. And wear the helmet of salvation to protect your mind. And pray always in the Spirit. Father, I thank you again for this opportunity to speak. Father, I know that we're in a time that seems hard. Father, I know that we have evil all around us. We have uh, powers to be, powers in government, Lord God, that seem to come against us at every angle. But, Lord God, we know that you are on the throne. We know that your will will be done. So, Father, we're asking you to help us, uh, guide us, and lead us, and direct us, Lord God, as we walk this path, as we walk in the Spirit, Lord God, and listen to your Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us each and every day. Father, help us bring more to that are lost to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord God, to be, to be a, a useful tool for your hands to use. Father, we're asking that, Lord God, you bless all the ministries that come together. Bless these men and women, Lord God, that are, that are your children, that are, are striving out there, Lord God, to, 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 to minister, Lord God, to hand out CDs, to whatever tools that they have, Lord God, they're using for your kingdom. Lord God, I'm asking you to continue to bless them. So, Father, I'm asking you to also to keep your hand over Gary and his ministry, Lord God, to increase him. Bless him and bring his borders, Lord God, to places he's never known or never knew possible. Father, and I pray all of this in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen. Just as I Without one plea But that thy blood Was shed for me And that thou bids me come to I come 
One day a preacher friend of mine Was driving down near the county line Near the tavern he got an awful shock A well-known car in the parking lot The preacher parked his car Went right in He sat down at the bar Next to a friend While fighting back a bitter tear The preacher said Son, why are you here? Please come on home To those who care There is no shame The cross won't bear Just as you are Son, come on Your family is waiting for you Son, faith in Jesus will set you free There's no shame, the cross won't The next Sunday morning, my preacher friend preached his heart, painting a picture of sin when he finally gave an altar call. The people were kneeling wall to wall. The prodigal son confessed his sins at that blessed altar of prayer. The family's one now, praising God. All the preacher could do was cry and nod. Friend, have you met God at the altar of prayer? There is no shame. The cross won't bear. Just as you are sinner friend, your blessing Savior waits for you And from your sin He will set you free There's no shame The cross won't bear Friend, have you met Jesus? At the altar of prayer, there is no shame that the cross won't bear. Just as I am, though tossed about with many a Fightings and fears Within, without Oh, Lamb of God I come I come If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, 
It's as simple as saying a little prayer. And Fred, you know this prayer that uh, what it came from Billy Graham. Come from Billy Graham's crusade. crusade this is yeah. what he would have people pray. And this is a very simple prayer. But if it's heartfelt, that's the main thing. Could God read your heart? says, Dear Lord, I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins. I invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus. Now, if you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, then you are saved and you're part of the family of God. Amen. Amen. And we would like to hear from you. Uh, log on to our website, lonesomeroad.org. Give me a call at 618-383-2107. We want to send you more programs so you can listen and uh, share them with people out there on the road. Call today, 618-383-2107. And this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn. Fred Mooney. And we'll talk at you later. In the middle of the valley, deserted and dry, bones laying scattered, no hope for my life. Then I cried, Lord, please revive these dry bones and make me new. Then Jesus said, child, I'm gonna breathe in you. Then suddenly a sound came deep in my soul. A rattle and bones came together and I was made whole. He breathed in me and I stood to feet, proclaiming victory in Jesus and death's defeat. He breathed new life in me. My soul from the grave, he said, free. Just cry out to Jesus, Lord, make me new. And by the breath of the Spirit, He will breathe in you. He breathed new life in me. My soul from the grave, He said, free.
from the grave He set free I was so dry In the valley So empty Just a clay vessel till breath came inside. Then the early believers in the upper room, <laughs> they got drunk on the spirit when the wind blew. I lift my head high, Lord. Let the wind blow. From the spirit, new life in my soul. so dry Bones in the desert Lord we need new life I lift my head high Let the wind blow From the spirit, new life in my soul. When the wind blows, Lord, 
receive your breath too I lift my head high, Lord Let the wind blow I receive from the Spirit New life in my soul And we close all of our programs with my testimony and song. What a great song, and what a place to be at the foot <laughs> of the tree. And that's what we're asking our listeners today is pray a prayer, get at the foot of the tree, and let Jesus use you in ways that you never thought, dreamed, or imagined. And what a great job Dennis McKay done on this song right here at the foot of the tree. Without hope, 18 wheels of lonesome at the end of the road. In my hand was a track the preacher had read, his words still echoing in the back of my head. I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past. I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken-hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Those 18 wheels are rolling that old lonesome road And I shared the good news Wherever I go 
Yes, there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be And I tell everybody What's happened to me How I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past But I called his name This chance could it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Drivers, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road Radio, and we want to hear from you. Give us a shout. Our phone number is 618-383-2107 or log on to lonesomeroad.org. And if you can't give us a call, then just blow your air horn as you're driving by.
put me into a ride, said I wouldn't be sorry. Ah, oh, but she was just a baby. Hey, waitress, pour me another cup of coffee. Pop it down, jack me up, shoot me out, flying down the highway. Looking for the Oh